Yesterday, a total number of 2,633 cases were confirmed according to GMA News of COVID-19 positive patients. Out of this number, 107 deaths were counted and only 51 recoveries. Also out of these patients, 54% are male subjects while almost 34% are females, 12% of which are yet to be validated. The highest number of positive cases when it comes to age range are those from 65 years old and above. Today is April 3, 2020, Friday. And in all these things, the positive cases and the deaths, not just in the country but all over the world, this is a global pandemic. In all of these, do we still believe in the promises of God in the scriptures regarding His goodness? Do we still believe that God causes all things to work together for good? In these several slices of sessions, we are diving deep into our exposition of the famous verse in Romans. Romans 8:28, And today is our second part of this mini-series where we find clues on this amazing verse, not abuse nor misuse it, but really see what it meant for the Apostle and for the ultimate author of the sacred scriptures, God Himself, for Him to claim that He causes all things, this global pandemic included, to work together for good. Ready your Bibles and your notes and make sure you listen intently to this exposition of Romans 8, 28. Hey, hey, Twister Hover here and I'm so excited to share to you stories, anecdotes, and truths from the sacred writ that intertwine with our daily realities. This is Cross Radio and welcome to the podcast that's all about the Christocentric word, to the crystal needing world. Awesome day, beloved. This is Twister Hover, and once again, thank you for listening to your quarantine companion, Cross Radio, the crystal centric word to the crystal needing world. Yesterday, we started with our lesson on one of the most misused and abused verse in the Bible, Romans 8.28, where we learned why this is unhealthily overused. People do not understand that this is at the heart of Romans chapter 8. Before studying Romans 8, we need to have a clear grasp of Romans 1-7, to which states all about the gospel primer and the gospel proper. In these chapters, we get to see the fullness of man in Adam, the perfection of the law, the falling short of God's glorious standards, everyone sinning against God, and people are not really seeking after God. And yes, Jesus Christ embodying the perfect, amazing grace of God. Grace is the one seeking, not us. Grace has to initiate contact first. Grace loved us first. Thus, through faith, we receive the saving grace of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thus, in chapter 8, we start, quote, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, end quote. That's Romans 8.1 and ESB. 
Now we understand that the book of Romans is not simply a treatise for everyone, just as the entire Bible is primarily, in Graham Goldsworthy's book title, a Christian literature. You will never truly understand the whole of Scripture apart from knowing the Christ of the covenants through the gospel message of His own life, death, and resurrection. Once you respond in faith and repentance to the gospel of the cross, you get to see the entire Bible differently now. It's not a book that merely narrates epic stories on par with Greek mythologies, not a book that gives good advice as how to be comfortable, how to be healthy, wealthy, and problem-free. It's not a book of explanations and assumptions. Beloved, the Bible is God's Word primarily for the sanctification of His people that in faith they will grow up to be more like Jesus Christ and thus give maximum glory to the one true worthy God of the covenants. When we see it from this perspective, we now see Romans 8.28 differently. It's not cheaply a cute verse that gives comfortable feelings to the downcast, although it can. But it is not the major, major point. This verse leads us to the reality that the God who knows what He is doing in and through the life of a believer from saving them to sanctifying them up to their glorification. Is everything really good? Without getting to the context of this verse, we will answer this very differently. We need to have a clear grasp of a verse's context because, listen to this, a text taken out of context is a pretext. Context is key. Context is king. Let's read this verse now in context. Romans 8.28-30 NESB And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom He predestined, He also called. And these whom He called, He also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Again, this is from Romans 8, 28 to 30. N-A-S-B See here the importance of understanding the whole scriptures. God has chosen a people for himself. He has predestined and called and justified them all in this magnificent ordo salutis or the order of salvation. Thus, when you understand you are His, you get to see everything not from the perspective of pain, but now from the vantage point of purpose. Yesterday, we studied the clause to those who are called according to His purpose. We have entitled our first point, God's Purpose for the Cold. We start with purpose. We begin with the end in mind. Yesterday, I shared how one of my favorite authors, John Irving, writes a novel. He always starts with the very last sentence. When he's satisfied with his last sentence, all the rest of his chapters 
all words, lines, chapters, the entire storyline, is now tracing the dots towards the last sentence. I find this quite analogous to God's grand purpose. Everything, yes, everything, every molecule, history, event, happening, every movement, is under God's good purpose. Does this mean our motion and reactions are by God? Nope. We are still humanly responsible, I mean, for it. But God sovereignly overshadows all these things with His purposes. What we might use for evil, God is using for good. For good? This is actually the title of our of our three-part series. I don't know if this will be two-part or three parts. I hope that we will finish this today. Let's look at this first once more. Romans 8.28 And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Wait. The question is really important. Is the global pandemic, COVID-19, good? Beloved, the answer is a resounding no. Just as the Holocaust or the bubonic plague or the governments in different nations or any other will not be considered good because of its reality, that it is, in any way, evil. The phrase here that we are looking is not all things are good. Remember, when you are studying a certain passage of Scripture, always remember to simply look at the use of words or what words are being used. The phrase here is not all things are good, but God causes all things to work together for good. There is a big, 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 big difference. Let's continue with our study. If our first point is to those who are called according to His purpose or God's purpose for the cold, our second point is focusing on the clause, quote, to those who love God, end quote. We entitled the second point, the Christian's love for God. How do we tangibly know that we are called according to His purpose? Our answer is love. Love towards God, to those who love God. In fact, we look at this from uh, this very important perspective. Those who are cold describes them from the divine side. Those who love God describes the Christian from the human side. We do not know whom God has actually called. We can only see those who love God. And in loving God, we see that because if one person truly loves God, that is a gift from God who has purposed His people to love Him in return. Take note that those whom God calls are those who in effect love God. Loving God, listen to this, is a result of God's amazing grace. In the first place, we ought not to love Him due to our sinful nature, to our rebellious nature, and because of enmity, separation, or ill feelings 
against God. We do not love God. What we love, according to John chapter 3, Jesus was clear with this. We love darkness. When God calls someone, He changes the heart of that individual, giving that person from the heart of stone to having the heart of flesh. He called us. He loved us first. Thus, we can say, together with John, we love because He first loved us. This is a quote from R.C. Sproul, and I love this. Quote, In the last analysis, the dividing line between the Christian and the unbeliever is not over the issue simply of believing in some God or the other, but over the issue of loving God. The profession of faith can be very different from the possession of faith. Many there are who mistakenly identify the two ideas. The word love serves to distinguish those who profess and possess a saving relationship with Christ. End quote. The word here, love, in Romans 8.28 is the word agapao from the root word agape. This means to love unconditionally and sacrificially and ultimately describes the love which God Himself is. Not just with uh, which God Himself has, but this is the very love whom God is. Agapao is not sentimental or emotional love, but represents an obedience as an act of one's will. Loving God means obedience to His commands. Obedience is not just the best way to show that you believe. Obedience is the best way to show that you love. I can still remember the story of the Arabian horses um, way back before when I when I heard the story. This is, I think, in the Middle East or in Saudi Arabia or in the desert parts of the world wherein these Arabian horses were going through rigorous training. What the trainers or those um, horse whispers, uh, let me say, those horse trainers would require absolute obedience from the horses, testing them if they really are well-equipped or well-trained for use in the desert places. The final test, according to the story, is almost beyond the endurance of any living thing. The trainers or the horse whispers would force the horses to go for many, many days without water. Then, turning them loose, and of course, they start to go towards where the water is, running, running, running. But this is where the test comes in. Just as they get towards or near the edge, ready to plunge in and drink the water, the trainer or the horse whisperer would blow his whistle. This means that the horses should stop. So when the horses who have been completely trained will then stop in perfect obedience, they will stop. They will turn around and then go back to the trainer. This is quite inhumane. Sometimes we would see in perfect obedience that these trainers would 
set up something that is very harsh in the conditions or towards the horses is sure the trainer would be sure that the obedience in just one simple signal these horses will really follow and obey this is quite severe in fact when you are looking at it from the perspective of animal rights but when you are in a desert when no one can actually track you especially in the deserts of uh, Arabia and you simply entrust yourself to a horse you would rather have a horse that is well trained and obedient than a horse who isn't this is a very simple illustration of us in the hands of a God who keeps on training us to obey and this is not simple training that is out of compulsion this is a training out of love this picture of obedience is the very image of love and love beloved is the acid test of true Christianity according to John 14:23 from the NIV version Jesus replied anyone who loves me will obey my teaching my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them then another verse comes in this is from John 14:15 from the net version quote if you love me you will obey my commandments and quote in our cultural context now we see that Romans 8:28 points us to the reality that in this global pandemic we will have a full grasp of life's purpose as we begin to obey the God of purpose obedience out of love is key I will say this once again beloved if you are listening right now please now I, I, I have a, a very simple request I, I hope that you are listening even up to this point but if you have listened to this please share or can you share this um, Spotify podcast entry with the status obedience out of love is key again obedience out of love is key we may not understand why at this very moment but we keep on loving him out of his out of this love we will grow in knowledge and grace this is now what we call relational maturity that we will draw near to God and everything that is happening all around us draws us towards understanding what God means when he says something is for our good we learn goodness out of the process of growing intimately with him we grow in love and thus we know what is truly good why are most Christians clamoring not knowing even pointing their fingers on God's face blaming him that all things are bad some would even post on Facebook all the negatives in fact I I don't have any problem with people posting negatives but ultimately we need to be very careful because what we post what we say what we feel how we react shows how we know 
if God really has a good purpose for each and every one of us, why are we blaming God? Ultimately, if we know that God is sovereign, then the person to blame is God Himself. Why are we blaming God? Because sometimes we haven't grown intimately with Him. Only those who grow in intimacy, in grace, in love with Him can powerfully claim, quote, that God causes all things to work together for good, end quote. Thus, in this pandemic, our key to understanding what good is, is being in love with the God whose purposes will forever prevail. Obedience out of love is key. What then is, quote, good, end quote. Beloved, we'll know again tomorrow. Part three will be tomorrow wherein we will finish studying expose, exposition, the exposition of Romans 8, 28. We will study the rest of the clauses and we know that all things work together for good. We have understood one important thing or two important things for the past two days that God's purpose for the cold will prevail and the Christian's love for God will grow and grow more intimately out of obedience. Thank you so much. This is Twister Hofer once again for another edition of Cross Radio, your quarantine companion. Thank you very much for listening. And um, if you are truly listening here, please do comment or give your suggestions or give your insights on what you have learned in the past few days and email me at twisterhover at gmail.com. Again, that's twisterhover at gmail.com. Please email me. Thank you so much and uh, thank you for listening. Have a good and godly day.